0: The
1: president rails against mail-in voting.
2: It will end up being fraudulent.
3: There's no Just way for evidence of fraud.
1: Raising fears about a free and fair election. Is the U.S. Postal Service slowing its work down ahead of the votes? I'll speak to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows next. And losing ground? A Republican senator faults America's coronavirus response.
3: It was really very, very disappointing.
1: As top health officials warn of a possible surge this fall. Is the country any better prepared? And will Congress take any action to help? Plus, party power. Joe Biden and his new running mate set to accept the Democratic nomination.
3: We're both ready to get to work rebuilding
1: this nation. As the party's superstars take center stage. But is the party united? Former Democratic presidential candidates Senators Bernie Sanders and Cory Booker join me next. Hello, I'm Dick Tapper in Washington, where the state of our union is fearful. There have now been more than 5.3 million coronavirus cases in the U.S., And more than 169,000 deaths in the U.S. The CDC is now warning it could be the worst fall from a public health perspective that we've ever had, unquote. Tomorrow marks the beginning of the Democratic National Convention. And with fewer than 90 days until the presidential election, the president is now stoking an urgent crisis over voting by mail, spreading uncertainty and misinformation about mail-in voting as states scramble to figure out ways for Americans to safely exercise their democratic right in November. This, as the US Postal Service is warning states that they may not be able to deliver ballots in time to be counted based on current election rules. A big part of the slowdown, controversial changes enacted by the postmaster general, which are now under review by the Postal Service internal watchdog. In an interview earlier in the week, President Trump linked the two issues, saying he opposes Democratic requests to fund the post office because of the push in several states for universal mail-in voting. According to sources, Democrats are now seriously considering whether to bring the House back from recess as soon as next week, to address this crisis. Let's go straight to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Uh, Mr. Meadows, thanks so much for joining us today. And and most importantly, please pass along to President Trump and the First Lady our deepest condolences for the loss of his brother Robert uh, yesterday. Uh, Very sad news.
2: I, I will do that. I spoke to him this morning and I'll be glad to pass that along, Jake. Thanks so much.
1: It has been two months since President Trump installed a a loyal supporter as Postmaster General. This is somebody who's been pushing various measures that have caused serious mail delays in parts of the country. Now the Postal Service is warning states about vote by mail delays in November. This all comes as the president is escalating attacks on voting by mail. Why is President Trump trying to prevent Americans from exercising their right to vote if they choose to vote this way, especially during a pandemic?
2: Well, the president doesn't have a problem with uh, anybody voting by mail if you would look at it in terms of maybe a no excuse absentee uh, ballot. What he opposes is universal mail in ballots where you send uh, millions of ballots out to registered voters across the country, uh, even those that don't request it. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked a, a number of times at a precinct and I know how those rolls are not accurate. People move, people die. And yet, when we're going to send out ballots, all across the country, that's not just the uh, uh, asking for a disaster. It really is knowing that what you're sending out is is inaccurate. So that's the problem he has with it. Uh, from a no excuse absentee, being able to mail in your ballots. I think the president actually has already requested a, a, an absentee ballot for Florida, where he'll be casting his, his uh, ballot in that manner. We want to make sure that every vote counts but that only mm-hmm. one vote counts. And so when you look at that, uh, this debate is really over a process. A number of states are tr- uh, now trying to figure out how they're going to go to, to universal mail-in ballots. That's a disaster where we won't know the election results on November 3rd. And and we might not know it for months. And and for me, that's problematic because the constitution says that then so- a Nancy Pelosi in the house would actually pick the, the president uh, on January 20th. So we need to make sure that we do it right.
1: So there's a lot you said just there um, and and I want to get to universal vote by mail. But just to to make the point, the president is very directly tying how states decide and it's up to the states to decide how they cast their ballots with funding for the Postal Service. Uh, I want you to listen to what the president said just this week that alarmed so many people, Democrats and Republicans alike.
2: They want 25 Billion dollars billion for the post office now they need that money in order to have the post office work So it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots But if they don't get those two items that means you can't have universal Mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it
1: Now just to be clear only nine states have universal mail-in voting that's where the county or the state mails ballots to individuals who are on the voting rolls nine states That's Uh, correct. Plenty of those states, five, five of those nine were planning on doing this before the pandemic. And uh, and four of the nine, the top elections officials in those states are Republicans in Washington state, in Oregon, in Nevada and in Utah. Now, I don't understand why the president wants to block funding for the post office uh, in order to prevent people from voting. Uh, That doesn't seem fair or right or leading. It doesn't seem like it is going to instill a lot of confidence among voters uh, that their ballots are going to be counted.
2: Well, let me, let me just stop you right there. The funding in terms of stopping voting is not accurate. Uh, Louis DeJoy, the postmaster general, sent out a notice to these states that said, listen, if you've got a tight time frame, you may want to look at adjusting that because even the, the post office's guaranteed two-day mail is not guaranteed to get there in two days. And that's one of the things, that's not a problem under the Trump administration. That was a problem under the previous administration and under the previous postmaster general. You know, when we look at all of this, every single month, Jake, 8.6 billion pieces of mail go through the postal workers' hands and through letter carriers, uh, whether they're rural or in our cities. 8.6 billion. Even if every single voter voted by mail, we're talking about a 1.5% difference. And I was in the room. I was in the room when the postmaster general said he's willing to pay overtime to make sure that that happens. But listen, if my Democrat friends are all upset about this, come back to Washington, D.C., where the president and I uh, am right now. Why don't they come back? Let's go ahead and get a stimulus check out to Americans. Let's make sure that small businesses are protected with an extended PPP program and put the postal funding in there. We'll pass it tomorrow. The president will sign it. And, and this will all go away because what we're seeing is Democrats are trying to use this yeah. to their political advantage, Jake. Well, well, let me ask you a question.
1: Would the president support a standalone bill to fund the post office, to fund the postal service? Because if there are these considerations, if there are these concerns about whether or not it's going to work, then it would seem that more funding uh, would help as opposed to taking sorting machines, off, uh, off a so that uh, it will be more difficult to do mail. Well,
2: there, there's no sorting machines that are going offline between now and the election. That's, that's something that my Democrat friends are trying to do uh, to stoke fear out there. That's not happening. I can tell you that the, the sorting machines. Listen, the volume of first class mail that they have at the postal system right now, we haven't seen that volume since I was 17 years old. It's not a volume problem. What this is is a political narrative by my Democrat colleagues. And so listen, we've got a lot of people that are hurting out there and this voting issue is key. If the Democrats feel like this is a big issue, and I talked to some of the more moderate Democrats and a few progressives as well, if this is a big deal, let's put it with a stimulus check to go to Americans. Let's let's put it with enhanced unemployment extension. Let's put it with small business uh, reform in terms of the PPP and extending that. Let's get that. Will the president sign that? Yes, he'll sign that. And uh, and I'm certain that whether it's 10, 10 billion or 20 billion 25 billion or something in between, we can do that.
1: Are you saying that sorting machines have not been taken offline and removed? Are you asserting that, that, saying, that did not I'm,
2: happen? I'm saying that shorting machines between now and the election will not be taken offline. Listen, I, I had postal under my the committee. the ones that and, have been I, taken I, offline in the I, last couple I, I, of months. No, 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 but listen, here's what I'm saying is, when you look at it, the normal process of doing all of this, Jake, uh, I had the postal system under. I had the only bipartisan bill to actually deal with the $146 billion loss that, the postal service has been. Uh, will see over the next 10 years. And so, when you're looking at this, these postal machines and the, the the drawdown, that was a 2006 bill that has been implemented that I don't necessarily agree with. But that's not this postmaster right. general that 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 did that. That was the previous postmaster general but under why they- under Obama. I- I get that yeah, yeah, why yeah, yeah. were
1: these sorting machines taken offline? Why why were they taken offline and why have All these right, where, uh, why Jake, has the postmaster general you, you keep general saying that. So get your producer,
2: Jake, Jake, you keep saying that. Get your producer to sh- to share where exactly those sorting machines were taken offline. Let them whisper in your ear because what I'm telling you is you're picking up on a narrative that's not based on facts. When you look at the way that we process mail, we closed down a number of centers back 5 years ago under the Obama administration and some some of those sorting right. machines come out. I understand the normal that. process of taking them out uh, are, are really about regearing because we're seeing an increase in parcels, a decrease in mail volume, and what I'm saying is a short a sorting machine to handle a hundred million ballots. Yeah. It, it's it's like a a gnat on an elephant's back. It's not going to matter with 8.6 billion pieces of mail going but through the this, postal service every this, year.
1: This is not just a Democratic issue, though. You know this. You must be hearing from senators representing these large red rural I states have. that sure, depend on mail. We are, hearing, we are hearing reports about veterans whose medications are coming in late, uh, about individuals who rely on the mail to get their businesses out, if they're especially people, so many people doing business by mail during the pandemic, sure. people whose social security checks aren't coming in. These are complaints coming in to offices that are Democratic and Republican, even removing the issue of voting, this is having a huge impact on the American people. Uh, There is a bipartisan group of secretaries of state, Democrats and Republicans, who have requested a meeting uh, uh, to talk to the postmaster general. He has not responded to them. Will you tell him right now, please respond to this bipartisan group of secretaries of state that are concerned about what's going on with the mail?
2: Well, what I will tell him, and and as he's already mentioned to Senator Schumer and Speaker Pelosi the other day, is is that he's willing to put the resources necessary to make sure the mail process uh, is processed. But here's the problem, Jake: this is not a postal problem. New York City, all the delays in the election with Carol Maloney and all the others—that wasn't a postal system. That was an election process. You know, we had six or seven weeks trying to count these votes. It wasn't because the ballots were necessarily in in some letter carrier's pouch. That's, that's the real problem here, and the president is right in addressing this. This is, this is more about states trying to recreate how they get their their ballots, and they do they're trying to do it on a compressed timeline that just won't work. But but let me let me come back to one. You've got a couple of uh, Democrat senators that are going to come on. Ask them, are they willing to put forth a stimulus uh, check in every every uh, American citizen's hands? Are they willing to do that? Couple that with with the postal reform, making sure that we have small business. If they're willing to lead on that, the president is willing to sign it. I can tell you, I talked to. Him this morning, th- he wants to make sure that we get it done. So this is right. We, we have just as much of a crisis with people that are hurting during this pandemic they're, they're, as we do as the post yeah. office.
1: I mean, we can get into the negotiations, and I want to in a second. But I really do sure. want to kind of like understand this postal service issue because yeah. the negotiations are the Democrats. Wanted $600 per week and additional unemployment insurance. Uh, Republicans had a smaller number. There's a question about how much money for children that are food insecure. Republicans had a smaller number. We can talk about that, but I'm just saying, sure. if I'll this postal service to. issue is one that everybody can come together on, why not have a standalone bill? You seem to be suggesting you, you don't want to do that. You want it to be a part of a bigger package. But let me ask you just a broader well, picture I, about I, I, voting mail. And don't by get mail.
2: me don't don't, you're, don't, you're don't all, get me you're, me. Yeah. Okay, don't get me wrong. Uh, here, Your own folks. I'm all about piecemeal. If we can agree on postal, let's do it. If we can agree on stimulus checks, let's do it. I've been the one that's advocating for Great. that. Speaker Pelosi is the one who says that she won't do anything unless it's a big deal. We offer $10 billion well, for I think the she Postal is- Service yeah, yeah. yeah well, now now it's changed because her so, whole dynamic political dynamic has changed but when she's in the room when you say will you do a piecemeal the answer has been consistently no she's got to an answer to that to the American people I don't understand it you don't understand it and more importantly what we have to do is make sure that we move it ahead Congress needs to come back and get their act together and work well, I can tell you the Republican it sounds like there's sounds like there's some, like there's exactly some common that. ground
1: here it sounds like there's some yeah, common, there ground, like there's some yeah, common there ground here yeah, because think, Pelosi has change. said she is willing to do a standalone bill and she can, and she can bring is the she house bill uh, within 24 hours.
2: Uh, okay. All right. Ask her, ask her, is she willing to do a, stand- a standalone bill for stimulus checks for American people that are hurting? Ask yes, her that. Yeah. She said on Friday she, she's
1: willing to do it. So hopefully, uh,
2: so we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll, she is. let me ask you a broader question
1: about voting by mail.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: Let me ask you a broader question about voting by mail. Your own folks at the White House vote by mail. President Trump and the first lady, as you noted, requested mail-in ballots this week in Florida. Other White House officials, Vice President Pence, Kayleigh McEnany, Kayleigh Ann Conway, a half dozen cabinet officials, all vote by mail. Can you tell me the difference between voting by mail in Florida? And say voting by mail in Pennsylvania? What's the
2: difference? Uh, so th- here's the difference. I can't tell you about Pennsylvania because I, I don't know the difference there. All I do know is the governor of Pennsylvania is talking like he doesn't have any money to pay for enhanced unemployment and some of these other things when he's got $3.6 billion sitting in the bank. So that was, was, was a misnomer. But as we look at that, here's what I can tell you is Absentee, no excuse, what I call no excuse absentee. Say, listen, I'm concerned because of the pandemic. Will you send me an absentee ballot that comes directly to me? I certify that. I have a signature requirement that makes sure that it's me that's actually voting and I send it back. I don't have a problem with that. The president doesn't have a problem with that. What we do have a problem with, and what I have a problem with, because I don't want my vote or anyone else's to be disenfranchised, is to send millions of ballots across the country to sometimes empty. That's nine or, states. Or, or, uh, no, that's nine states right now. It's not but across what the country. About, it's it's. No, no, no. Well, Jake, Jake, you're talking about nine states that do it now. What what I'm saying is the the problem that we have here is a lot of people are, are looking at just sending out ballots. California is sending out ballots, and when they just send out ballots, if, if, if my home state of North California Carolina
1: already did about for about California already did that a, for a about 75% of its population. I, 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 I agree. Now, I agree. Now, now now it's 100%. Yeah, but Utah but has done states- it for years. Oregon has done it for years. Washington has done it for years. A lot of these states have done it for years. Nevada. Now there are four states that are adding to the sending out ballots to every registered voter. I understand that that's a concern that you're, you're claiming. Well, Isn't wouldn't it a wouldn't concern to you, Jake?
2: It, wouldn't it be a concern to you? Do you do you realize how inaccurate the voter rolls are with just people just moving around, Not let alone the people that die off, but sending ballots out just just based on a voter roll registration? Anytime you move, you'll change your driver's license, right. but, but you don't call up and say, hey, no by evidence the way, of I'm
1: re though. Uh, that's, but there's no, that's no evidence not, that, of widespread there's voter no, there's fraud.
2: No, there's no, there's no evidence that there's not either. That's the definition of fraud, Jake. When we look at that, what we have seen are uh, a number uh, of no, ba- no, no. Mail, mail, If you talk ballots, to proce- but if you talk, they get lost. Go ahead. If you talk to prosecutors,
1: actually, they they love uh, electoral or voter fraud because it's so easy to find and so easy to prosecute. That's why they are able to find, for instance, all that voter fraud in your home state of North Carolina in the 2018 election, because you're able to find a corrupt Republican political consultant like the one uh, that got in trouble down there in 2018, because it's easy to find. Now, obviously, I don't think there should be any voter fraud or any political corruption.
2: I I agree with you, Jake. When you look at North Carolina and and ballot harvesting like, like happened there and that was fraudulent, you look at California, they, they allow the same thing that happened in North Carolina. They say it's perfectly legal. Is that, is that what we're going to have as one standard for, for ballot no, harvesting? But there's in no California? evidence of that. Well, there is evidence that, that they ballot harvest in California because you don't like, have the re- election results until way after it, Jake.
1: But here's the point that I'm trying to make. Maybe, I understand. I'm seeing, maybe I'm missing like your point. Universe, uni- Universal yeah. vote. You don't like universal mail-in balancing like in, like you have in Utah, where they've never had any problems that I know of, like they have in Washington and Oregon, uh, where there are uh, Republican secretaries of state, et cetera. You don't like that. Yeah. You say that there's something wrong with that. Well, but you're I acting sending, as though you and the president yeah. and the Trump campaign are acting as though all voting by mail is universal Mail in, and it's no, not. No, no, I, I, for instance, The president, no, that's the, the Jake, president. Jake, oh, hold on, it's just not my minute. narrative. Jake, it's election Jake, law in Florida. Jake, it's election Jake. law in Florida. Jake.
2: And and he hasn't, he doesn't say he has a problem with Florida mail in ballots. Here, here's the interesting thing: is when we look at it, is but that's, as the the point, change, hold, that's the point. That's the point. What what what's the point? What's the point? I, 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 I missed it. The The difference is, is we want to make sure. More than 30
1: states. No, more than 30 states. Go ahead, sir.
2: Yeah. We want to make sure that every ballot that goes to an individual voter actually has that, that chain of custody where it goes to the individual voter. They actually can attest to the fact that they're voting and that it comes back and it's counted for them. Anything that you do to right. disenfranchise voter or to affect that we're against. If it if it doesn't affect that, then the president is supportive of it, I'm supportive of it, most Americans are supportive of it. And so what you're saying is other than the 9 states that are there, you are suggesting that we don't change the way that they do mail-in ballots. Is that correct? Is that is that what you were saying?
1: No, what I'm what I'm saying is is that President Trump and the Trump campaign are acting as if all mail-in voting except for Florida Which he finds okay because that's the mail-in voting he does. All mail-in voting is somehow inherently corrupt. And the truth of the matter is, most states, more than 30 states, have what is the same. What is going on in Florida, which is you request a ballot, and it doesn't matter if it's called an absentee ballot or a vote-by-mail ballot. Florida actually makes no distinguishing uh, distinguishing between the two. At all. It's just vote by mail. And in fact, in Florida, you can actually vote early also if you want. There is no difference between Pennsylvania and Florida. That's my point. My point is, is that President Trump is trying to say all voting by mail is corrupt and it's not. It's
2: all. uh, Most of it is exactly like Florida. So so let me let me clear that up today. Is, is if it's that no excuse absentee or the vote by mail where you request a ballot and it comes to you and you fill it in, not only is the president supportive of that, the vast majority of Americans are supportive of that. What he's against is changing the process to make it a universal, so we'll clear it up right now, changing the process to say that we're gonna send ballots to everybody uh, so that you can have all this potential for, for fraudulent behavior with, Mm -hmm. with ballots that are going to other people, that's what he's against. And so if you've got a normal process in your state where you have, where someone requests a mail-in ballot, then, then we want to make sure we process it and we want to make sure that it's counted fairly. And, and that's what happened. That's what
1: goes on in more than 30 states and there are nine states that have universal mail-in voting. I do not recall president Trump complaining about the universal mail-in voting that they have in Utah. Uh, which he won in 2016. In terms of the fact check uh, that you asked me to look into, one of my great producers did in terms of the machines. Chris Bentley, president of the National Postal Mail Handlers Union Local 297, which covers Kansas and part of Missouri, two good Trump states, told CNN that postal management has already taken out four machines in Kansas City, two machines in Springfield, Missouri, and one machine in Wichita, Kansas, that is earlier this year under this new Postmaster General.
2: No, no, no. With, with all due respect, and, and if we look at it, I can talk to Kansas, I can talk to Tucson, Arizona. You're talking to someone who knows is when we take out those processing, they're part of a processing center that come uh, comes in. And as we start to move those out, if they were not part of an already scheduled uh, Reallocation—it's not happening. It's not a new initiative by this Postmaster General. And when we look at this, it's all about efficiency. But you have a normal system of of, of changing it out. And so, uh, with with all due respect of your fact checker, I'll be glad to come in. We can spend an hour talking about this. We'll bore people to death. But I can tell you this: the Post Office has been losing money for over ten years. You can go back, Google it, right. look at the fact that I've gone in with Megan Brennan and said I want to fix it to make sure that we fix it. This president is serious right. about fixing it. Louis DeJoy is serious about fixing it. We'll have the money allocated, and as the postmaster general, Louis DeJoy said just yeah. the other day, if it's about pro- processing ballots, he's willing to spend the overtime to make sure that it happens and make sure that we get, uh, get ballots well, back that's as quickly that's, as possible.
1: That's, that's great news. Just for people to understand, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why the post office uh, is having funding problems is because that 2006 law that you alluded to that requires 75 years of funding for pensions and the like for postal workers, unions, and and others. That's one of the big problems uh, that yeah. they have. So, of course, so a lot of people are also losing yeah. money during a pandemic.
2: Yeah, let's, let's, let's be me, let me clear ask you about this. Hold on, let's because be clear I, about I feel, this I feel, because that 2006 like could, law, hold on, yeah. it was $2.5 billion in pre-funding. $2.5 billion, and they're going to lose $146 billion over 10 years. So even if you change that, which I'm willing to do, the president's willing to do, let's put it in a bill. Let's do it right now. I, I, I yeah. signed that with Elijah 25 Cummings. 25% uh, yeah, yeah, of the
1: American people voted by mail in 2016. It's probably going to be about 50%. And I think the American people would really like there to be some sort of guarantee from the president of the United States that there's not going to be an attempt to hurt their attempt to vote by mail if they choose to exercise their right to vote the way that they are allowed to do so in their state. And it's up to states how they want to do this. I, I um, agree. And I can tell you, I can give you that, that guarantee. The President Trump I can give will you do everything guarantee. he can no, to help no, people I'll give you vote. that
2: guarantee. I'll give you that guarantee right now. The President of the United States is not going to interfere with anybody casting their, their vote in a legitimate way, whether it's the post office or anything else. But you mentioned the secretaries of state. They're the ones that need to get their act together. We look in New York State. Look at what happened. It's a debacle. Can you imagine if we had a presidential election that went on for weeks and weeks and months and months without, without a decision, uh, just because we, we have all this litigation and say, well, we've got to yeah. wait another week for ballots. It just is not what we, we should do, and it's not what is well, prudent. And I mean, I don't I live want to lived through give the something power like that the, in
1: 2000.
2: Yeah, well, it was one state on hanging chad in a few counties. Can you imagine what we would have if we had it across all 50 states, Jake? It's a yeah. real problem.
1: I- I'm told that I'm, I only get one more question, so let me ask this one, sir, and I do appreciate it. <laughs> well, maybe I today. can give you one good uh, answer. Presumptive, right. presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden named Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate this week. Harris, as you know, was born in Oakland, California in 1964, a fact that makes her eligible to be vice president. But the Trump campaign has floated this discredited lie that she's not eligible because her presidents, her, because her parents at the time were not American citizens. I kind of can't believe I even have to ask you this, but just a simple yes or no. Do you accept the yeah. fact, and it is a fact, that Senator Kamala Harris is eligible to be vice president?
2: Sure. And I think the president spoke to this yesterday. This is not something that we're going to pursue. Actually, Jake, you and a number in the media, y'all have spent more time on it than anybody in the White House has talking about this. I'm more concerned with Kamala Harris's liberal ideas coming from San Francisco to the rest of America than I am whether she was where she was born or anything else. It's the policies born out of California that would take root across the country that's problematic for me.
1: So when you say sure, that means yes. Yes you yes. accept yeah. that she is yeah. eligible yeah. to yeah. be yeah. vice president. Yeah. I do, yeah. Okay. Mark Meadows, it's good to see you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate Uh, your time this morning. And again, please pass on our condolences to the president and his family.
2: I will. Thanks, Jay. Take care.
1: Former Vice President Joe Biden is set to accept the Democratic presidential nomination this week as the party's biggest names look to try to energize voters at the Democratic convention. Both the Obamas and the Clintons are set to speak, as well as my next guest, who just this winter was challenging Biden for top billing. Join me now, former presidential candidate, Senator Bernie Sanders of the great state of Vermont. Uh, Senator Sanders, thanks so much for joining us. You heard Mark Meadows uh, answering my questions about the U.S. Postal Service and vote by mail. Um, Did he say anything to you that, that reassures you that the election will be free and fair in the way you want it to be conducted?
3: Before we get to the post office, I'm glad that he thinks that Kamala Harris is eligible to run for president and he dismisses it. He says, oh sure, of course she is. And why is the president of the United States engaging in a racist, xenophobic attack against her by suggesting she is not eligible? This is what this campaign is about. Jake, what we are fighting for here is not just the post office that I want to talk about. It's not just whether or not Trump will succeed in throwing 32 million Americans off the health care they have. It's not just whether workers will continue to get the $600 supplementary checks they desperately need when they're unemployment, or the $1,200 checks. It's not just climate change. It is, in fact, whether we're going to have a pathological liar staying in the White House who lies every single day. I mean, I think there have been documented, there have been some 20,000 lies, as told, that have been documented already. So if Meadows says, oh, yes, Kamala Harris, she's eligible to run for president, then maybe you got to talk to the White House and why they tweet out stuff that is terrible and lying. terms of the Post Office, uh, I don't have to tell you this because the President of the United States told you a few days ago. He wants to sabotage the Postal Service because he does not want many millions of people to be able to vote through mail-in ballots. That's not me. That is exactly what he said. And what he is trying to do in many, many ways is defund and destroy the United States Postal Service. Now, I happen to believe in the Postal Service, an issue I've been involved in for many, many years. But above and beyond the Postal Service, what is most important, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a progressive, whether you're a conservative, do you believe in American democracy? Do you believe that in the midst of a pandemic, when we have lost Mm -hmm. 170,000 people already. People have got to put their lives on the line to go into a voting station, or can they vote in through a mail-in ballot? I would just say this. Tuesday here in my state of Vermont, we had the largest voter turnout for primaries that we've ever had. Most people voted by mail-in ballots. It was not a big deal. It worked very well. That is exactly what we have to do throughout this country if we're gonna retain our democracy and the right of people to participate.
1: Do you think Speaker Pelosi uh, should call the House of Representatives back uh, to get a freestanding bill uh, to fund the post office uh, uh, to the Senate and then to to the president? Uh, And do you think that the House of Representatives should be using their oversight role and investigating what exactly is going on in terms of the changes that the post Master General is making?
3: The answer to both questions uh, is yes. Uh, Now, as you know, despite what Mr. Meadows may be saying, over three months ago, three months ago, Democrats in the House passed the Heroes Bill. And among many other things, it provided $25 billion for the Postal Service. It made sure that workers in this country who are unemployed would continue to receive those $600 supplements on top of their unemployment benefits that they desperately need. It would make sure that workers continue to receive $1,200 per person, plus money for children as well. It makes sure that in America today, when families are struggling with hunger, worried that they're not going to be able to feed their kids, worried that they're going to be evicted from their apartments and their homes. Democrats three months ago addressed that. Meanwhile, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, Republican, has not attended one of these negotiated sessions. Trump could have gotten on the phone and brought everybody into the White House to work on an agreement. He disappeared. Mr. Meadows, I'm glad he's back at work. He was on vacation last week. We have a crisis now. It's a crisis in democracy. It's a crisis that so many of our police are struggling. Congress has got to act. And of course. uh, So let me ask you, sir, because back deal with those issues.
1: Let's turn to the 2020 race um, because obviously you ran for president. Your policy disagreements with Joe Biden uh, were front and center uh, during the primary campaign. You also disagreed with Senator Harris on a number of issues. Um, She ultimately did not support uh, essentially ending private health insurance. She did not back tuition free college uh, or wiping out student loans the way you have proposed. She did not want to abolish ICE. Uh, You led a huge movement centered around these issues. Are you frustrated? Uh, that these positions will not be represented on the Democratic ticket? And how do you tell your voters to support uh, a ticket that, in their view, might be more moderate than progressive?
3: Well, Jake, two things. Our movement, as I'm sure you know, is doing really quite phenomenally well. Uh, all across this country, in New York State uh, and elsewhere in Missouri, uh, we have elected extremely progressive Member, uh, people who will become members of Congress who are going to stand up and fight for working families and take on the 1% and the greed of the corporate elite. We are electing district attorney candidates all over this country, people to the state legislature. So our movement has real momentum and we are doing just fine. Now, in terms of, in terms of disagreement Kamala Harris. Yeah, of course we do. I ran against Biden. And my message message to our supporters is we have got to do everything that we can to defeat Donald Trump. He was the most dangerous president in American history. And then what we have to do the day after we elect Joe Biden as president, we got to rally our people. To stand up and fight for an agenda that works for all and not just a few, and that absolutely includes uh, Medicare for all. I think most working people understand but you're, you're today former press secretary. that health care must be a human right, not simply a job benefit. Yeah. Because if you lose your job, then you lose your health care. That's crazy. That's not what we want. And we've got to take on the pharmaceutical Your former industry, press secretary, sir. So much higher prices than any other country on earth, sometimes 10 times more for the medicine that we need. So we're gonna do everything that we can, A, to elect Biden, and B, after he's elected, move this country in as progressive a way as we possibly can.
1: Your former press secretary, Brianna Joy Gray, tweeted that, um, I think you're getting a phone call. Your, your former press secretary, Brianna Joy uh, Gray, tweeted that nominating Biden and Harris shows, quote, contempt for the base. And I wanna show you this Wall Street Journal headline After Kamala Harris was announced as Biden's pick, uh, it says, uh, quote, as Kamala Harris joins Biden ticket. Yeah, I can I can hear you. I can hear you. I think someone's calling you, though. But in any case, Senator, I wanted to ask you, it says. Yeah, you're getting a phone call. But in any case, this Wall Street Journal headline says, as Kamala Harris joins Biden ticket, Wall Street sighs in relief. And Bill Daley, former uh, President Obama's chief of staff, now with Wells Fargo, told the Wall Street Journal, quote, I think Harris is a reasonable, rational person who has worked in the system. Is she a progressive? Yes. Is she someone who wants to burn the building down? No, I think she wants to strengthen the building. If Wall Street breathes a sigh of relief with Kamala Harris being named to the ticket, what, what does Bernie Sanders do? Well,
3: Bernie Sanders does everything that he can to defeat Donald Trump, who is undermining American democracy, Uh, Donald Trump who has lied to the American people repeatedly on every issue. Donald Trump who was not supportive of continuing and maintaining those $600 supplementary uh, checks that workers desperately need, or the $1,200 checks that many working families need. Donald Trump who wants to throw 32 million people off the health insurance that they have. Donald Trump who does not even recognize science in terms of the pandemic or in climate change. So what Bernie Sanders is going to do is do everything that I can to defeat Donald Trump, to elect Joe Biden. And after the Democrats have control of the Senate and the House, and Joe is the president, we're gonna do all that we can to mobilize people for a progressive agenda. But this is not a complicated issue. Donald Trump must be defeated. Biden must be elected. And after that election, we're going to do all that we can for to fight for a progressive agenda.
1: All right, Senator Bernie Sanders, independent of Vermont, I think you have a, an urgent phone call. I hope everything's okay. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you very much.
1: It did not take long for racist lies and misogynist lies against Senator Kamala Harris to surface. Her fellow Senator Cory Booker will join me on that and the president's attacks on him this week. That's next. Stay with us. Welcome back to State of the Union. I'm Jake Tapper. Former Vice President Joe Biden chose a former rival to be his running mate this fall, California Senator Kamala Harris. In response, President Trump, who had praised Harris after she announced her presidential candidacy last year, swiftly turned to his specialty, personal attacks. Joining me now, Harris's close friend and New York, I'm sorry, New Jersey Democratic Senator uh, Cory Booker. Senator Booker, thanks so much for joining us. I know that you and Senator Harris are close friends. I know that you're overjoyed by her selection to be Joe Biden's running mate. On a policy level, however, some advocates for criminal justice reform, which is a major focus for you, were very critical of Harris's record as district attorney and as California attorney general when she ran for president. How do you now convince those people who care about criminal justice reform to support somebody who, frankly, I heard a lot of talk during the primaries that Kamala's a cop.
4: Well, again, there are always going to be critics, but let the work that she's done speak for her. Uh, In the United States Senate, she and I partnered together on the Dignity Act for women in prison that was adopted in multiple states around the nation. The criminal justice reform bill, which got passed and liberated thousands of people, predominantly Black and brown folks from prison, she and I championed. The Justice and Policing Act uh, that we authored with House uh, leaders and the CBC leaders. But in the Senate, she and I uh, were the authors of that. So as a guy that's been in the trenches uh, with her uh, on every major issue uh, relating to everything from policing to reentry, she has been one of the great voices in the Senate, helping us to gain ground and move ahead. So at this point, you compare that record with Donald Trump's record and what they've been doing. Uh, mm-hmm. From the putting children in camp all the way uh, to really uh, abject failures, uh, frankly, in this pandemic uh, around releasing people from prison that did not have connections to the president himself. They've done a great job uh, getting the president's friends out the of president, prison. Uh, but this is a. This president is a Trump signed into law a bill that you worked Biden on. Paris-
1: president but President Trump signed, <laughs> signed into law a criminal justice reform bill that, that, you, you know, that you worked on. I mean, so you can, you can say what you just said, but you're ignoring this other thing, that, this other accomplishment of President Trump uh, on, on the subject of criminal justice reform. Meanwhile, during the Democratic primary, you were also critical of Joe Biden's record on criminal justice reform. T- take a listen.
4: Mr. Vice President has said that since the 1970s, every Major crime bill every crime bill major and minor has had his name on it and sir Those are your words. Not not mine. We have a system right now. That's broken And if you want to compare records and frankly, I'm shocked that you do uh, I am happy to do that
1: since then criminal justice reform has has even become a bigger issue uh, nationwide especially amidst uh, the national protests following the, the murder of George Floyd by police Uh, Do you stand by your previous criticism of Joe Biden?
4: Well, again, I want to say very clearly that uh, this is, you talked about me working with the Trump administration to gain ground for the liberation of African Americans from prison. I'm very proud of that. But yet this is an administration that has gutted the Department of Justice, has stopped uh, the consent decrees uh, that were going on with police accountability, a number of other things that have been a poor record Uh, of this in fact rolling us backwards on civil rights on criminal justice reform and on holding uh, local police departments accountable as far as joe biden is concerned uh, i'm I'm proud of the hard-fought primary that we had Uh, he emerged from a wide field of people as our choice as our champion uh, and i'm proud of that and and i'm proud of the dialogue that we had rich vibrant dialogue and now i am confident (laughs) looking at their criminal justice uh, plans and partnering, especially now, as he's done with Kamala Harris, one of the champions on criminal justice. I have no worry about the degrees at which Joe Biden will be tearing down the awful institutions of mass incarceration in America, that he will be a champion to help get the bill that Kamala and I wrote on the Senate side uh, done that creates just, uh, excuse me, police accountability. So as a United States mm-hmm. senator, as African-American, I am excited about what Biden and Harris will do for advancing criminal justice, rolling back mass incarceration, and really, frankly, having a broader view of what public safety is by investing in things like health care, environmental justice, education, and more.
1: Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, President Trump and his campaign have been floating uh, this false, completely false notion that Senator Harris, who was born in Oakland, California in 1964 and is an American, uh, may not be eligible to be vice president. Uh, were you surprised when they started to do that?
4: You know, this is something I think that many Americans know. I know it from my family is when you have African American women who uh, are rising up in positions that there have never been African American women in before, that people are going to viciously attack them on gender and race. Uh, The words, the gendered words that this president has been using about Kamala attacking her in in extraordinarily awful ways just reflects the demeaning, degrading language he's used about blacks, about uh, black and brown places, about uh, Congress people telling them to go back where they've come from when they were born in this country. This is nothing new, nothing surprising. What I don't think Trump understands (laughs) is that Kamala Harris has been fighting this fight her entire career, rising to positions where she was the first uh, African-American woman uh, in time and time again. So if there's anybody that's ready for this kind of mess, it's Kamala Harris. And so Donald Trump Mm -hmm. uh, can pick a fight if he wants, uh, but he's the the proverbial bully in the playground that is about to get knocked out uh, when he steps up against this dynamic duo uh, that will beat him uh, in November.
1: So um, let me ask you uh, about the Governor Murphy uh, of your home state of New Jersey uh, has just made New Jersey uh, a state that will send ballots, voting ballots to every registered voter uh, in the state. It's called universal mail-in ballots. It's there are only nine states that are doing it. New Jersey is, I believe, the latest to do it. Um, The third biggest city in your state, Patterson, New Jersey, held a vote-by-mail election in May, uh, and four men, including a city council member and a city council candidate, have since been charged with election fraud. Nearly 20% of the votes in that election have been disqualified. Though to be clear, most of them were disqualified due to mistakes in how the ballots were filled out. But in any case, it doesn't really exactly breed confidence uh, about the process. How can you be sure New Jersey
4: is ready to do this statewide? Well, look, the voter fraud is incredibly rare. And when it's done in absentee uh, ballots or in mail-in ballots, what the, great, the reason why it's so easy to find out is because you literally have a paper trail. That's why, as was mentioned earlier in your show, from North Carolina to New Jersey, it was easy to expose and to hold people accountable. And we know it is incredibly rare, as we've seen multiple states in America be doing uh, uh, all vote by mail for some time. So what concerns me is not these uh, spurious claims that somehow there's going to be mass voter fraud. We know that's not true from the experiences of everybody from Utah to the state of Oregon to even here in the state of New Jersey. What concerns me is an all-out attack. They're not even hiding it by the president of the United States to undermine the United States Postal Service uh, to underfund Mm. it to allow a mega donor uh, uh, leading it uh, to overtly do things, to slow down the mail, put a chokehold on the institution and make it very difficult for states to do what they need to do to ensure that Americans have the freedom to vote amidst a pandemic.
1: Senator Cory Booker, Democrat of New Jersey, thanks for joining us today, we appreciate it. A Republican congressional hopeful is pushing a completely deranged and unhinged conspiracy theory, many of them actually, so why is the party embracing her candidacy? That's next. This week, a bigot and full-blown conspiracy theorist named Marjorie Taylor Greene won the Republican congressional nomination for a U.S. House seat in Georgia. Greene has a long, ugly trail of videos and social media posts that indicate total detachment from facts and truth and basic notions of decency she has Railed against Muslim Americans winning congressional seats, calling it a Muslim invasion. She's falsely accused a prominent Jewish American of having once been a Nazi. She's questioned whether horrific acts of mass shooting in the United States were faked to bring about gun control. She believes, frankly, so many crazy theories we don't have time to go through them all. Just to give you one example here's Green questioning whether 9 11 really happened, specifically focusing on American Airlines Flight 77, which crashed into the Pentagon that horrible day. But this is how Green sees it.
2: The so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. It's odd, there's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon.
1: There is, of course, plenty of evidence of American Airlines Flight 77 with 58 passengers and a crew of six crashing into the Pentagon on 9-11, killing 125 people working there. And it's hard to know how to even respond to such completely deranged conspiracy theories. And what an insult to those murdered by al-Qaeda terrorists that day. The 125 innocents at the Pentagon, including Lieutenant General Timothy Maud, an Army Deputy Chief of Staff. Or those on board the flight, Bernard Brown, Asia Savon Cotton, and Rodney Dickens, all 11 years old, going to California for a big field trip. Not to mention conservative author Barbara Olson also on that plane. Now Green did concede Thursday after she was called out on this, that she now knows a missile did not hit the Pentagon. It was a plane now, almost 19 years after the fact. There was a time when being a 9-11 truther, to say nothing of all the racism and bigotry, that that might disqualify someone such as Green from being supported or even seated by a major political party in Congress, but that time has clearly passed. Green was welcomed with open arms by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, and Matt Gates. Not to mention President Trump, who called her a star. There are a few standing up for what's right. Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger tweeted this week about the deranged QAnon conspiracy theory that Greene subscribes to, this deranged notion that the government is run by Democrats who have a Satan-worshipping pedophilia ring where they drink the blood of their victims. Insanity, but it's insanity that the FBI has warned poses a credible risk of domestic terrorism. And in response to Kinzinger's tweet, he was attacked by the Trump campaign. Of course, it's almost hard to imagine today's Republicans in Congress condemning a congressional candidate such as Green when the leader of their party, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, has been for decades peddling his own conspiracy theories. This is a president who first made hay politically with the deranged racist conspiracy theory that the first black president, Barack Obama, was secretly born in Africa. And since then, he has spewed nonsense about Ted Cruz's dad being part of the Kennedy assassination, about vaccines, about Joe Scarborough committing murder, and on and on. Now the president's using his position of power to lend credibility to another false and racist conspiracy that Senator Kamala Harris, born in Oakland, California, is not eligible for the vice presidency, when, of course, she is. On Friday, President Trump was asked directly if he believes the deranged QAnon conspiracies promoted by Green. And the president refused to answer the question. That's not a hard question, Mr. President. The correct answer is no. What's going on in the Republican Party right now is no longer about the establishment versus the MAGA forces of disruption. It's about those who still care about facts and truth and decency and those who have no allegiance to them at all. And a message to those Republicans who care about facts and truth and decency, your side in this battle is losing Thanks for spending your Sunday morning with us. The
0: news continues next. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599.